You're listening to the Art of Parenting podcast. I'm your host, Jeanne-Marie Penel. My intention is to share with you simple tips and tricks that will make a huge difference in your life, as well as giving you all the support and encouragement you deserve to enhance your parenting experience. I've created this safe place for us to explore the issues and concerns that matter to you bringing you clarity and solutions with Q&A sessions and inspirational conversations with world-renowned experts in a variety of fields. I've recently created a private community for us to continue these supportive and uplifting conversations. Click the Join the Art of Parenting Community Here button on this page, and I will see you there. I'm a firm believer that parenting was never meant to be done alone, and I'm here to debunk the general consensus that it has to be hard. A warm welcome to you, and thanks for tuning in. Hey there, it's Jeanne-Marie Penel, your host of The Art of Parenting, and I'm back with a few more tips about the positive discipline tools that I've been sharing in the last two episodes. So this is part three of Keep Cool and Carry On, the last one. Uh, But I wanted to just follow up and share a few more tools. I shared uh, nine last time in the part two. So if you haven't gotten a chance to listen to that, and then the one before, the Keep Cool and Carry On was an explanation of positive discipline. I also have a full episode on positive discipline. So I will link all of those in the show notes for you. But today I just wanted to continue and share with you a few tools that I have found very beneficial in my own parenting and also in my mentoring of parents of young children. So today I wanted to talk about one that I think is super important is about ask curiosity questions. So this is that we, I think, oftentimes are telling our children what to do. We're kind of um, giving commands and never really engaging them in figuring out what they need to do. So curiosity questions are really just that, curiosity questions. It's and, And here I will have to say, to be careful in your attitude in the way that you ask those curiosity questions, because sometimes we can be saying, you know, asking curiosity questions, but with with such a tone that is a little bit demeaning or, you know, annoyed and such. So this is really about having this mindset that we need to engage our children in wondering and, and, you know, asking themselves, what do they need? For example, um, you know, it's a rainy day, we're going out. Do we just tell our children, you've got to put on your rain boots, we're going? Or can you ask, oh, I think it's raining outside. What do you need to put on your feet to keep them dry? That's it. It's a curiosity question. It's helping them find that solution. So that is one that I think is really important. The next one is about offering limited choices. And one, when I say limited, I actually just mean two choices. And two choices that you are 100% okay with. That means that you're 100% okay with following through on those choices. 
So why choices? Why limiting them? Young children are in this developmental stage where they are developing their will. And a will, the will is a muscle that we use, that we train. And for that to be able to be trained, well, we need choices. We need to be able to, you know, question whether this choice is better than that one and so on. So that is going to help them uh, develop their will. Limited is because we don't want to overwhelm them. For example, when we are getting dressed in the morning, for example, instead of asking a child, what do you want to wear? And, you know, opening up the closet with the full wardrobe, make a selection beforehand. Maybe choose two outfits and say, would you like to wear the blue one or the red one, the green one or the pink one? So that there is not too much overwhelm. Uh, Children, you know, with, with too many choices, children tend to just draw a blank. So it's good for us to select it ahead of time. And here again, it helps us because oftentimes if we say to a child, what would you like to wear today and open up the entire wardrobe, you can be 100% sure they're going to pick that one outfit that you really are cringing and you really wish they hadn't. So make the selection beforehand, avoid the stress and just say, you know, this one or that one. Uh, And the same thing goes for just about anything throughout the day is really limiting the choices to two and make sure that you're 100% okay with the choices that you are offering so that you can really follow through. And follow through was actually something that we talked about uh, last week and how important that is to do so. So the next one is about checking your own perceptions and expectations. And this really goes hand in hand with uh, what we talk a lot about in Montessori is this sense of observation, of being a scientific observer of the environment of our child and ourselves, right? Of our of our own ideas, our own perceptions and expectations. And here it's really to be able to see the child as a new child each and every day. They are developing, they are growing, they are evolving each and every day. So if we can have that kind of clear slate Um, and really let go of, you know, any perceptions or expectations that we have because they're a certain age, because we've shown them something before, or so on and so forth, but really see them every time as a new being that is is evolving, that is learning. And this is going to uh, alleviate a lot of your own uh, stress and anxiety, I promise. The next one is a simple one, and it is avoid lecturing. And here I say this with lots of love and kindness, but we just tend to over-explain things to our little ones. So keep your uh, words to a minimum. Let them know precisely what you need them to do or or asking curiosity questions, simple ones, but really being straight to the point, right? 
is is um, the best way because we tend to want to, you know, explain the reason why and you, you know, you might get hurt and hurt somebody's feelings and so on and so forth. And they just kind of lose us. They just turn off. So it's preferable to keep things really to a minimum and avoid that whole lecturing uh, that we tend to do. The next one is to use active and reflective listening. So this is a beautiful technique from the nonviolent communication piece and such. And it's really, and this is effective with all of your communication, but it's really about learning to really listen. And when I say reflective listening is sometimes it is important when um, a child or somebody else is trying to explain something or maybe share with you something that has been going on, it's a good idea to reflect back to them what you're really hearing. So I'm hearing that you're saying such and such. And this actually really, first of all, it makes them feel seen and heard, like you really are listening. And then it helps you also take a pause in understanding what is really going on. And it will help you come to a better, you know, conclusion and solution. And sometimes they might say, well, yes, but, and, and, you know, explain a little bit more or say, yes, you're right. And it's, it's really beautiful way of helping our children. And like I said, anybody to, to be better communicators, to really, um, be in that, in that mode where we really are listening, because, I will say I've I've noticed that oftentimes I don't know as if children always feel heard because we kind of listen with half an ear where we're busy doing something, we're distracted with something else, and we're not really listening. So if you can really intentionally listen to what they are telling you and reflect back to them will be super helpful. And it will make them feel um, like you are, that they are important because their words are important, right? They, this this is all part of language development where where we, for, for language to happen, we need to, you know, first of all, have a good auditory sense and our vocal cords and so forth. But we have to have this desire to communicate, to speak. And if we're not listen to and where where our our words don't feel important well we kind of lose that desire so something that i really encourage parents to be aware of is to really be intentional about listening to what your children are telling you the next one is about getting down to their eye level and this, for me, it's it's like it's it's kind of second nature. Anytime I see um, a young child, I'm I'm you know scooting down to their level. I'm squatting um, to their level, and it's just to me, it's just a, a, a respect for them, especially if we want to communicate directly with them. Um, because it's it's just out of respect of of looking at somebody in the eyes when we are talking to them. 
And imagine having these humans that are much bigger and taller than you, and just you're always looking up and they're towering over you and, you know, talking down to you. It can be pretty intimidating. So when we need to connect and and really always try as much as possible to take a moment and come down to their eye level so that you can really um, feel connected and be able to speak about whatever it is that you need to. The other thing, and this is one that is very, very important in this whole mindset of positive discipline, and this is finding solutions together. We tend to, you know, come up with the solutions or, you know, let them know what needs to happen and so forth. And again, this goes back to that curiosity question. To me, it's very important, and especially a child who is, you know, more in that reasoning mind, so maybe three, three and a half and beyond, is you can really ask them, well, what do you think needs to happen? Or, you know, what, what, um, what, what's the solution with this, with this problem that we have going? And you will be amazed at how uh, insightful and wise they are when given the opportunity to share their solutions. And I, I will say when I was in the classroom and I would ask uh, the older children in the afternoon, we'd have these um, classroom meetings and I would ask them for solutions. Sometimes I was kind of shocked at how, you know, maybe a, a little bit strict or or just very, um, you know, very empowered they felt to to find solutions. And because this was, you know, a democratic meeting, we would go along and, you know, vote and, and choose one of the solutions and and go with it. But I was always amazed at how intelligent and wise children are when given the opportunity to share what is on their mind and what they think the solution might be. And here I invite you to be open to their solutions as well. It might not be what you thought would be, you know, the right way, but if there, if it's, if it's going to work, like be open to following through with uh, the solutions that they come up with. Now, the other, the next one is about sharing age-appropriate steps. So here I'm talking about when we're wanting our children to maybe help us with a certain task or maybe help them master, let's say, getting dressed or, uh, you know, their self-care routines and things like that. Here what's important is to really look at the, the entire task and break it up into smaller tasks that are appropriate for the developmental age that they are in. To not expect that they can do the whole gamut, um, you know, without being shown something. And here, also, when I say shown, I always share this little um, acronym that I really uh, like and that I discovered many, many years ago that is called SHOW. And SHOW stands for slow hands omit words. Think about it. 
slow hands omit words. This is when we are showing a child how to do a a certain task. So maybe it is, uh, let's say, slicing a banana. Well, if we're talking and explaining what we are doing as we are doing it, it distracts the child from the actual action. So here we can give our little, um, you know, introduction. We can we can say ahead of time what we're going to show them. We can say ahead of time uh, to be, you know, do a little security check on the knife. All, all, whatever needs to happen. But when we are actually doing the movements, the actions needed, we need to slow down. So really go in slow motion and stop talking so that they can really focus on what is being asked of them and they can absorb what exactly is being done and then they will be able to repeat. So age-appropriate task and then slow your movements. The next one, and this one I think is is more for us, the parents, <laughs> for you, the parent, the, the guide and such, and that is to ask for help. Parenting was never meant to be done alone. We have lost this sense of community, of, of parenting uh, together in our, in our villages, in our extended families, and so forth. And more and more, we are parenting in total isolation. And this just is not the most natural way. And I know that, you know, especially with these past two years where we've had to isolate and quarantine and so forth, it has been a real struggle where we have felt extremely isolated. But here again, I invite you to ask for help, to, to you know, engage other family members, friends, even your your children, if you you know have children, older children that can help you with the task, like you should not be, uh, you know, the martyr that is doing everything yourself. You have got to ask for help, and and there is no pride in feeling completely overwhelmed and and burnt out. So please, you know, reach out, ask for help. Uh, I'm a parenting mentor. I have a lot of families that reach out to get some mentoring, get some help to figure out, you know, things about behavior or how to set up the home and so forth. So it's really, for me, it's it's important to to be able to ask for help. I know I ask for help um, sometimes in, in running my business or in things uh, that I need done around the house that I don't maybe have time or don't know how to do and and you know I don't want to take the time to figure out how to do it so I I ask for help and I think this is important and it also shows our children that you know you too need help because they're all often asking for help for things to do and you need to do the same the next one is one um for the adults and for the children and that is make time for special time And this to me is really kind of a non-negotiable for, especially if you have a partner that, um, you know, you like to spend time with, that it's important to make special time for them. So it's, it's really, you know, putting it on the calendar and being really vigilant to protect that relationship and to nurture it. 
And the other thing about making special time, it's also making special one-on-one time with your children. And I know this can seem, you know, a little bit much, but again, here we ask for help. So if there is another parenting partner, you can trade off. If there's other family members, if there's neighbors, friends, uh, so forth, if you have other children. But it's this idea of making special time with your child to go do something kind of out of the ordinary. So it's not, you know, special time, let's go to the grocery store together, even though that can be, you know, fun sometimes, not always, depending on the age. I know there was a a whole time where I prefer going to the store by myself. Um, And there again, I asked for help. I would, you know, uh, wait until it was later in the evening and let my husband stay home with the children and I would go do the shopping or vice versa. But um, you get my point. And so here, the the make time for, for special time is really more about filling up their emotional bucket. So it's about putting something on the calendar that is out of the ordinary, that is maybe going and uh, visiting a construction site or going to a new park or if there's a museum or going in, you know, to a special flower store. I don't know, something that is kind of out of the ordinary that both you and the child are interested in doing together. This is going to fill up their emotional tank and especially when they are kind of needy for connection and you're maybe, you know, it's a day where you're you're not able to do that 100%, you can remind them, oh, but you know, tonight I can't, I, you know, I have to go into work or I have something to do. But remember, we have on the calendar some special time. And that is really important. It helps them know that there is time allotted for them. So make time for special time for you and your partner and for you and your child. And one, the, the one before last is to me one of the most important as we parent, and that is take care of yourself. You have got to put on your oxygen mask on first. If you are to parent the way you want to, where you want to show up and be that patient, loving, kind parent, we need to fill up our cup. We cannot be that, um, you know, carefree, patient, loving parent when we are drained, when we are frazzled, when we are dehydrated or hungry and so forth. So every once in a while during the day, I invite you to put your hand on your heart and ask yourself, what do I need right now? What do I need right now? And take care of yourself. This morning, I had a beautiful um, talk with one of my private clients, and we were talking about how at the end of the day, she's she's exhausted and overwhelmed and, and such. And I said, well, you know, there's think of things that are going to soothe you. And one of the things that we came up with is that to, to have like a, a soothing piece of music on when she's kind of getting dinner ready and cooking. And her her eyes just lit up because she was like, oh, I can do that, right? So it's it's those simple things where you have to think about what it is that is going to calm you and make you 
um, happy. And, you know, it can be that you, you put on the music for everybody, or it can be that you, you know, put it in your earbuds. And I have a girlfriend who, who sometimes even wears like a noise canceling, um, headset because, you know, at one point in the day, it's just too much and we need to take care of ourselves. So there is no shame in, you know, asking for help and really filling up, being attentive to filling up our own cup. Your children uh, will love you for it. And you are giving them a wonderful example of what it is to um, have good self-care and to be attentive to our own mental health and to, you know, take care, take good care of ourselves. So we often, you know, we often see on social media self-care and how important it is. And it is, but sometimes it, it seems like it's equated with, you know, taking a day at the spa or, or, or things like that. But it can be really small things, right? It's just asking yourself, what do I need right now? It can be just a glass of water. It can be just, you know, going and washing your face. I mean, it can be very simple things, but you need to just be attentive to your own needs. So I hope that makes sense. And then the very last one, and I think one of the most powerful uh, tools in respectful, uh, cooperative parenting is to offer a hug. Hugs have a very powerful way of calming us down, of calming them down. So here I'm not saying to just, you know, go up to a child and start hugging them because they're having a meltdown or a tantrum. I'm saying, let them know that you are available for a hug. And I know this sounds kind of counterintuitive where, you know, this child is having a meltdown and driving me crazy. Why would I want to hug them? So here, You've got to calm yourself down and then let them know, I can see you're having a really hard time and I'm right here if you need a hug. They might, you know, brush you off and tell you no, but you say, it's okay. I know you're not ready for it, but just know that I'm here for you. And that's it, right? Because this is going to help them calm themselves and come back to a place where you can talk things through. Because if you remembered from uh, last week's podcast or the, the episode before this, one of the very first tools was this idea of connection before correction. And hugs is a wonderful way to get them to connect back to their brain to be able to make sense of the situation. So hugs are a wonderful tool. And sometimes even giving yourself a hug will calm you right? When you ask yourself, what do I need right now? It might be a hug and you can hug yourself. So I hope that these have been wonderful. This concludes the, the three part of Keep Cool and Carry On series where I have shared 21 positive discipline tool, 21 respectful parenting tool, and really encourage you to you know, listen again, um, make sure to ask me anything. You can join the Facebook group that I have created uh, just for this podcast. If you have questions, uh, the the link is on the show notes. Or, you know, if, it, if you are on Facebook, look it up. It's The Art of Parenting. Um, and there we can talk more. 
or um, join me. I will put a link also in the show notes for my positive discipline tool. So this is a download uh, with a little workbook. There is also an audio recording but it will it's a good reminder. There's a little uh, poster that you can print and use to remind yourself of these tools. So there you go. Uh, enjoy your parenting. And also, oh yes, before I forget, uh, the parenting school has officially opened. This uh, keep cool and carry on discipline challenge I ran is uh, accumulation to then welcome people into the parenting school. So if you are at all interested in having more information about the parenting school, the link is also in the show notes. And it's really my uh, course where it is a digital course where there's five weeks of kind of short to the point videos about uh, Montessori, positive discipline, the home environment, your role, um, child development, and so forth. Kind of the, the, the basics of what you, kind of the tools that you need to, to have to be a respectful, gentle parent. And then with that, I do, uh, every other week, I do some mentoring calls. So these are calls where we are on Zoom, we can talk face-to-face, and really you can share with me what is going on, and we can find solutions together. Most oftentimes you have the solutions, but sometimes you, with some added help and with the community, it makes it all that much better. And we also have a Facebook community that goes along with the parenting school. So if you're at all interested, please uh, look for the link on the show notes, or you can find me at my website, Vala Montessori or yourparentingmentor.com. And uh, the parenting school is right there on the homepage. Alrighty, uh, I will talk to you soon in the next episode. Take good care. Bye-bye for now. Have you been searching for the owner's manual to your child, or did you just misplace it? Are you tired of trying to figure out this whole parenting puzzle, not knowing what to do when it comes to tantrums, hitting or biting, sibling rivalry, potty training, proper sleep habits, or just plain wanting a better relationship with your child? You know, I've been at this for a while now and wanted to share my own parenting manual. It's called The Parenting School, and I've created it with you in mind. Give your child and yourself the gift of mindful parenting in just a few short weeks and discover all the tools you'll ever need to parent without losing your patience, giving in, or worrying that you're messing up. If you're yearning to be more patient and present with your child while finding balance in your own life, then you already know that you need effective parenting tools and ongoing support. You know you weren't meant to be raising children alone. And you probably already know that having the right parenting tools during moments of conflict is the key to staying grounded, responding with empathy, and strengthening your parent-child relationship. You've probably sensed that you'd be a more confident parent if you had a like-minded community supporting and encouraging you. Your skills have gotten you this far, but most days you still feel like you're making it up as you go. So here's what I've got for you. Reliable parenting principles that will allow you 
to finally set boundaries you can confidently uphold. Communicate effectively with your child. Declutter your home to enhance your child's independence, learning, and family harmony. And find more time to do the things you love. This is what the parenting school is all about. During this digital parenting course, you'll get weekly modules with lessons focused on key areas to get you where you want to be. These modules come packed full of video tutorials, journal prompts, actionable activities, expert interviews, and more, as well as weekly Lifeline group mentoring calls where I answer your questions personally, plus a virtual village with like-minded parents supporting each other during this deep dive parenting intensive. I'll also include some extra special bonuses to keep you inspired and motivated along the way. So if this sounds too good to be true and you're ready to up-level your parenting skills as well as your family's well-being, head on over to The Parenting School at voilamontessori.com slash TPS dash enroll. That's TPS for The Parenting School dash enroll. To learn more about the, all the benefits of this fabulous interactive digital course I've created just for you. And by the way, I've also added the link in the show notes for you. Looking forward to supporting you and your family. I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Art of Parenting. And if you did, please make sure to share it with your loved ones. And do come share your takeaways in our private Facebook community. I'd also be grateful for a review on iTunes so it can get heard by many more. And remember, if you've got a question, let me know. I'm here for you. Till next time.